Welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. I guess things can seem pretty out of control sometimes, can't they? I mean, doesn't it seem like this stagecoach has no driver? I'm talking about society right now, our current culture, but sometimes I am sure even our own stagecoach, our own enterprise, our family, even our own lives can seem kind of out of control. How do we get a grip on these things? I'll give you a simple example. You have an employee or more than one who leaves their desk a mess frequently, loses things, not very punctual, inefficient. They can't seem to keep the dress code, perhaps. Anytime anything is taken up with them, it appears something in the environment got in their way, got in the way of their ability to handle something correctly. Someone forgot to set the alarm, traffic was bad, the representative of the company you were supposed to do something with was rude or incompetent, the postman was late, another employee failed to do their part of the job, there was a family crisis, etc. What do all these things have in common? I mean, they're excuses, but what else? They represent something, that the person is at the effect of their environment. And maybe you are sometimes as well. How do we handle these people? How do we handle ourselves? The most common method is criticism. We chastise others for their incompetence or lack of control and hope to correct them. Or we chastise ourselves. Any of you who have tried this method have probably observed the same thing I have. It doesn't work. Effective for the briefest of moments, perhaps, but the pattern continues and sometimes even gets worse. If it was a workable method, this method of criticism, uh, or a workable method was known, don't you think we would be witnessing a far more, quote, under control, end quote, environment? Nope, there's something fundamental missing here. Mr. Hubbard wrote a brilliant article entitled Environmental Control on the 30th of December, 1970, and lays out exactly what environment control consists of and how to increase it. So we're going to cover that today, but before we get into it, I'm going to clear some terms with you. First of all, let's clear the term control, which we have covered in earlier episodes, but I wanted to find it for you here is defined as, quote, the cycle of action of this universe is start, change, and stop. This is also the anatomy of control. Almost the entire subject of control is summed up in the ability to start, change, and stop one's activities, body, and one's environment. And this is from the book Problems of Work, which I've recommended in the past, in past episodes, as an excellent read. Okay, so that's from Problems of Work from Mr. Hubbard. He also uses in this article the term MEST, which is spelled capital M, capital E, capital S, capital T. It's an acronym, which means, quote, a coined word meaning matter, energy, space, and time, the physical universe, end quote. So matter, M, energy, E, space, S, and time, T spells MEST. 
And the next term is overt act, which is something harmful that a person has done to somebody else. We call that an overt act. Strubber further defines it as, quote, intentionally committed harmful act committed in an effort to resolve a problem, end quote. So that's interesting. Overt acts generally stem from someone's effort to solve a problem. I don't have any bread, so I'll steal bread from the 7-Eleven. That's uh, an intentionally committed harmful act committed in an effort to resolve a problem. I can't quite get this product the boss needs, so I'm going to get another product that looks like a product but isn't, and hopefully he won't notice. That's an overt act. Okay, next definition. Quote, that thing which you do which you aren't willing to have happen to you. End quote. That's that's Mr. Hubbard's definition. So, yeah, pulling your uh, little sister's hair uh, is an overt act unless you enjoy having your own hair pulled, which really nobody does. So that's considered an overt act. All right, with these terms under our belt, let's go over this article on environmental control. So here, this from Mr. Hubbard, beginning of the article, he says, The differences between a competent person and an incompetent person are demonstrated in his environment, surroundings. A person is either the effect of his environment or is able to have an effect upon his environment. The 19th century psychologist preached that man had to, quote, adjust to his environment, end quote. This false datum helped begin a racial degeneration. The truth is, That man is as successful as he adjusts the environment to him. Being competent means the ability to control and operate the things in the environment itself. I'll run Hubbard. So, uh, I'm sure you can think of some examples. If you walk into, for instance, an auto repair shop. And uh, you see a lot of uh, mess, a lot of uh, broken down equipment perhaps, or half-finished jobs, or a bunch of wrecks in the parking lot and what have you, these things tend to indicate that the environment is not being controlled and is an indicator of the competence of the individuals operating in that environment. Here, even Mr. Mr. Hubbard uses that example. He says, when you see things broken down around the mechanic who is responsible for them, he is plainly exhibiting his incompetence, which means his inability to control those things in his environment and adjust the environment for which he is responsible, motors. So that's one classic example. You can take it to somebody's home. If you are in somebody's home and that home is clearly uh, a mess the environment is not under control. There are a lot of broken items around. The place is dirty or it's disorderly or uh, in poor repair. What does that indicate about the competence of the individual and their ability to control their own environment? How about uh, an accountant who turns in figures that are incorrect or calculations that are incorrect. Clearly that expresses incompetence, but it also expresses a lack of an ability to control their environment. So you, Mr. Harvard breaks it down. Listen to this. Know-how, make a note of these things, know-how, attention, and the desire to be effective are all part of the ability to control the environment. Now Ron Hubbard. So look at these three aspects. 
and you can work on all three. Know-how. How much know-how does a person have? Do they know how to keep something clean? Do they know how to repair a motor? Do they know how to uh, fix their furniture or uh, calculate new mathematics or arithmetic? Do they know these things? And this is why training is so critical. Obviously, environmental control has to be a function of know-how, and that would be a function of training. And this is one darn good reason why it's important to, A, train yourself, and B, train your employees, any group that you're organized around, a, a, a musical group. Uh, you know, you have a band. You know, their environmental control will extend to the degree that they have the know-how of their musicianship. So know-how, attention. Now, attention is kind of a scarce commodity these days. You, you, people are uh, have their attention all over the place. It doesn't help if they're medicated or taking drugs. Generally, those things influence a person's ability to put their attention on something. Uh, but it's also symptomatic of a general lack of confront or awareness as we are dealing with in our current society. There's a lot of dumbing down going on in society today. If you want to just watch a little television or check the internet, you'll see plenty of that. And so that is reducing uh, awareness. It's reducing the ability to focus attention. Now, there are different things you can do to increase a person's ability to put their attention on something. We're not going to cover all that, but that's just a factor, not today anyway, but that is a factor that you have to take into consideration. And then this last one, the desire to be effective. Now, what is, is there a desire to be effective? So in the next paragraph, Mr. Hubbard says this, one standards, quote unquote, then he defines standards and a beautiful definition. He says, the degree of rightness one is trying to establish and maintain. So he says, one standards, the degree of rightness one is trying to establish and maintain are directly related to one's desire to have a controlled environment. In other words, what are the standards that you maintain for yourself? What are the standards that you are uh, helping your uh, children acquire, for instance, uh, in your family? What are the standards you are encouraging within your team or your employees? Okay, that's the degree of rightness one is trying to establish and maintain. So that's a goal you're shooting for. And that, of course, results in a desire to be effective if they have high enough standards and then that is a consequence of having a desire to be effective and, of course, know-how and attention. So here's a very, very important datum, the next paragraph. He says, the attainment of one's standards is not done by criticism, a human system. It is done by exerting control of one's environment and moving things effectively toward a more ideal scene. Okay, so here he's just told you, all right, criticism is not a workable system. What is a workable system is to start exerting some control. So in the next paragraph, he gives you examples. He says, control of the environment begins with oneself, a body that one keeps clean and functioning, healthy. This extends to one's own gear, his clothing, tools, equipment, it extends further to the things one is responsible for in the environment. 
Then it extends out into the whole environment, the people and the mest. Okay. So here is a workable formula. One can uh, establish environmental control by beginning with oneself. One's immediate environment, the way one is dressed, the way one keeps oneself clean, the way one nourishes oneself, the way one takes care of their own uh, spiritual condition, that's often a factor. So all those things are things one can easily, you could say on a gradient, exert some control over. And that's where it begins. So by encouraging standards within oneself and with others to take care of themselves, and then extending that to their own gear, their own clothing, the, the, the equipment around them, their own desk, okay, you are starting to build up that person's know-how, their attention, their desire to be effective, and their standards. So it's done by doing it on a gradient. Now, Bar none, I can't think of a better place to start than with oneself, because that also now brings in this example that you're now establishing for others. So if you, as the boss, for instance, are demanding everybody else keep their areas clean and neat and clear out their communication system and baskets and so forth, so they're not backlogging communications and they're handling their mail and they're handling their dispatches and they're handling their communications well, it starts with oneself. You start doing it. If you want them to be uh, disciplined in the subject of study and, uh, and learning more about their jobs and their positions, maybe you should do the same thing yourself. Whenever we set up a, a training program, for instance, uh, in a wise member's company, uh, we always require that the owner also goes and does the training, even if they're previously trained. They can review the material and they're setting an example for others and they're demonstrating standards and they're demonstrating competence and a willingness and a desire to be effective. So uh, don't rule out your own example as a factor in establishing environmental control. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to say, one can get pretty dirty fixing things up, that's okay, but can one then also clean oneself up? The ability to confront mess is a high ability. After that comes the ability to handle and control it. Now, there's a lot of drills. We're not going to go into those. Probably should do uh, an episode on drills uh, that raise confront of mess. But uh, just understand that the first thing you do is get a person to maybe look at it and uh, raise their awareness of it. Like, do you see uh, that the desk is cluttered? Do you see that this basket is full of communication that's unanswered? Sometimes people don't even see those things. Then he goes on to say this, the ability to confront people is also a high ability. After that comes the ability to get along with them and to handle and control them. Hey, how about that? You can actually control other people. There is, there is technology to it. There's know-how to it. There's something to learn about it. You know, it has to do with communication, has to do with the ability to express affinity, etc. So people should study these things and then they can control the people around them better. You see the kids are out of control in the household. Obviously, the parents could use some help getting the know-how, uh, the attention and desire to be effective all brushed up, and they'll be able to control their kids better. Simple as that. Then he goes on to say this. There is a supreme test of a being, the ability to make things go right. The reverse of this is the effort to make things go wrong. 
incompetence, lack of know-how, inability to control makes things go wrong. Given some know-how or picking it up by observation, sane people make things go right. The insane remain ignorant intentionally or acquire know-how and make things go wrong. Okay. This is, of course, from Mr. Hubbard. Uh, Listen to this because this takes some confront all by itself. He says, insane acts are not unintentional or done out of ignorance. They are intentional. They are not, quote, unknowing dramatizations, end quote. So around insane people, things go wrong. One cannot tell the difference, really, between the sane and insane by behavior. I'm going to repeat that. One cannot tell the difference, really, between the sane and insane by behavior. One can tell the difference only by the product. The product of the sane is survival. The product of the insane is an overt act. As this is often masked by clever explanations, it is not given the attention it deserves. The pretended good product of the insane turns out to be an overt act. And that's why we cleared up overt act earlier. Their products actually are harmful. You know, people who uh, get things done with force and anger, uh, chronically, I'm not saying it's not appropriate here and there, uh, but chronically, you very often find that the things that they've gotten people to do or comply to uh, end up bad. Same thing with the slick... uh, Salesman who is uh, untruthful, uh, gets that closed through uh, lies or exaggeration, turns out to be an overt act. You know, people are asking refunds, they're unhappy. Um, The employees, yeah, they seem to be doing their job, but they're they're, do them begrudgingly. Perhaps you have an executive in the organization who is browbeating people continually and uh, so gets some sort of compliance, but people are unhappy. And they end up quitting. So there you go. There's an overt act. It's, it's not helping the group at all in the final analysis. Okay, so this next paragraph is extremely enlightening. So listen carefully and work it out for yourself if it's true for you. Okay, but Mr. Robert says this. A large percentage of this planet's population, undetermined at this time for the, quote, general public, end quote, but in excess of 20%, are insane. Their behavior looks passable, but their product is an overt act. The popularity of war confirms this. The products of existing governments are mainly destructive. The final product of the human race will be a destroyed planet, a contaminated air cover rendering the planet unable to sustain life, whether by radiation or fumes. Thus, due to the inability to detect and handle the insane, the same majority suffers. That's Mr. Hubbard. So, Part of your ability to control your environment has to do with your ability to confront and detect insanity. And you detect insanity by looking at their products, not by looking at their behavior. You can have a high-class bastard doing a high-class job, you know, but you have to look at their products. And that's how you determine your sane versus your insane, okay? He says the hidden actions of the insane can destroy faster than an environment can be created unless one has a know-how of the mind and life and the tech, which is short for technology, and the tech of admin and the ability and know-how to handle mess. So these are things for you as an executive, for you as an entrepreneur. These are things you constantly have to be working on. Your ability to detect and handle the insane, uh, even in some, you know, obviously in some cases it involves dismissal. 
You know, you're trying to straighten somebody up, getting them to establish better and better environmental control on a gradient. They're just not responding. You don't have to keep them on. You confront what you've got there and get them out of your group because their, their, their products are over acts and it's destroying the group. And then work on your own know-how of the mind and life and the technology of administration. And your own ability to handle mess, believe it or not, the more you can confront, you've probably noticed this about people who seem to be able to confront and deal with messed objects often have a better ability to handle their lives as well. And the person who's continually backed off, you know, won't lift the hood of a car, uh, won't try to repair anything, very often they are uh, not as competent in life as they certainly could be. Okay, there's more to this article, but we're not going to cover the whole thing uh, because we're running out of time. But I want to read you this particular datum because it will help you a lot uh, to understand what's going on. He says, an area or activity hit by an influx of new recruits or new customers tends to unsettle. It's messed, it's abuse, things go out of control. So that's, that's something you should be aware of. As you expand, you take on more territory and consequently, you're going to bring in more insanity. That's just, that's just the way it is. You know, you're not going to be able to get around that. So be, be aware of that. He says, gradually working to put in order, the standards are again being attained. The minority insane get handled. The know-how of groups and orgs, short for organization, uh, know-how of groups and organizations become more generally known. The tech of MEST gets used again. As an organization expands, it goes through cycles of lowered condition and raised condition. This is normal enough since by taking on more and more area, one is letting in more and more insane, even though they are in a small proportion to the same. Order is reestablished and survival trends resumed to the degree that the sane begin to reach out and handle things around them and as the insane are made sane. Thus, one gets downtrends and uptrends. As soon as a group begins to feel cocky, it takes on more area. This includes more unhandled people, admin, and messed, and a downtrend begins. Then the sane begin to handle, and the insane begin to be sane, and the uptrend starts. This is probably even the basis of national economic booms and depressions. All right. So that should help if you always wonder, like, I thought I had everything going under control. We were getting all cocky and all of a sudden everything's nuts around here again. Well, now you know why. Because you're taking on more territory. You're obviously going to bring in more insane. Keep persisting. Keep working on your own know-how, your own attentiveness, your own uh, standards, and your own degree of rightness that you're trying to attain. You keep working on those things on yourself. You keep working on those things with the people around you. And keep encouraging them on a gradient to establish more and more environmental control, you know, starting with themselves, their own health, their own bodies, their own uh, condition as a person, because sometimes they're pretty traumatized and sometimes you have to help them sort some of that stuff out so that they're in good shape and their clothing is sorted out and their desk is sorted out, sorted out. And yeah, it sounds kind of like a drag to have to do that with people, but you do. It's, it's, you know, it's rare that you find people these days that come in with tremendous level of environmental control and when you find someone like that obviously cherish them and take care of them and you can even work to increase their environmental control until all of us have extensive ability to put control in the environment and then maybe this current nuthouse could uh, start having the semblance of sanity 
in our current society. All right. Well, that's today's episode. Um, hope it was helpful. And uh, please let us know your feedback. Write us at info at wiseeastus.org and give us your uh, wins. Or if you have things that you're trying to resolve or questions, we like hearing from you on that as well. So please do communicate with us. Uh, a lot of you are, and we love it. We've had some fun uh, getting to know some of you better through your emails. So write us at info at wiseeastus.org. We're happy to help. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.